Welcome back to episode 54 of the Hockey House podcast presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside by Stephen Glick and our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you the latest news in non-NCAA college hockey here in the United States. Herm, we'll go throw it over to you because I, I think Glick might have had a tough weekend. I don't know. Just that's what the rumors are, but we'll throw it over to you first. How was your weekend? Kind of quiet. Took it easy with all of the snow that was going on in New York this weekend. Nothing super eventful to report on. And Glick, how about your weekend for the boys? Yeah, definitely not the weekend we were hoping for, but that's just in the past. So we're just kind of looking forward to this weekend against Pittsburgh. But Murph, I want to hear, how was your trip down the city of brotherly love? So I enjoyed it. We, we talked last episode. I was in charge of one of the pregame meals and you suggested that we hit up Wawa just because, you know, we we're closing in on, you know, an opportunity to, to get a meal and you know, we were running out of time. So you, you mentioned that Wawa had the hospitality to, you know, host 30 hungry hockey boys and get us in and out of there quickly. And listen, we walked into this place and, and I would say it was a below average Wawa, like not like not a terrible one, but not even not like a more modern one. But they they handled us fine. And we walked in and we definitely scared some people. They were overwhelmed by all of us at first, but we got in and out of there pretty good and then went over and played Saturday night. Drexel had their senior night. Really good crowd too, and and that is quite the barn. It was one of like seeing pictures of it, it gave me a Lake Placid feel. Like it, a lot really hasn't changed in that arena since it was built, um, which is how I feel about like Lake Placid. Like yeah, there's been some renovations, but it's still it's kind of like walking to a time machine. A, a lot of guys were kind of comparing it to Hobie Baker Rink too down in, in Princeton, but really cool. I, I liked like the the acoustics of that rink were good. Like I said, they had a good crowd. Played them, do a 5-2 game on Saturday night. Couple bad bounces, couple bad pinches, and and we just like couldn't dig ourselves out of a hole there and got into penalty trouble in the third period when we were trying to claw, claw back into it. All in all, it was a good weekend. Uh, like I said, weren't able to get a win. A win would have kept us alive in the, the Eshel playoff race because NYU hasn't been able to play games lately. So if we had gotten a split or a sweep, it would have uh, put us closer within Drexel and, and maybe give us a chance. So our season will come to an end in, in two weeks. But been a long year for here in Syracuse, and, and my body certainly feels it at this point. But yeah, fun weekend. Philly got to talk to uh, Hockey House All-Star Pat McGinley. Uh, it was the first time I've gotten to play against an All-Star this year. So that was fun, you know, close with some of the guys on Stony Brook because they came on the pod, but uh, it was nice to catch up with Pat. We had some good talks between whistles and um, basically had a color rush game because Drexel wore their yellows on, on Saturday and we wore our orange jerseys. So lots of colors popping on the ice and then they went with their whites on Sunday. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the experience at Class of 23 rank. Like you were saying too, like about the, that comparison, but it's crazy. Like the glass is short. There's not really much netting there. Old school benches, old school penalty boxes. It's quite the experience if you haven't played there before. Your comparison to the call is similar to Hobie Baker and Lake Placid or spot on having, you know, I played there growing up. But I do have to say they do hold the record for the worst burger in the ACHA so far. So tough look there. The vending machine was empty when I went and checked it out. The other thing I got a kick out of is they had in the concourse area, they have signs advertising like where the bathrooms are. And they also had a sign like saying like telephones downstairs. Like that's how old the rink was that they had signs up still that said like where you can go use a payphone, which I, I thought was funny. But 
Yeah, no, I, I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago. It's crazy how um, it's way harder this time of year. It feels way, everything feels way busier because the start of the year you do your classes and then hockey starts and you, you kind of get adjusted to it where when you come back after break, you're playing hockey and then you have to get adjusted to your classes. I feel a little chaotic after these first two weeks uh, of the semester, Glick. I'm not sure how you feel. Yeah, I completely agree, especially because Temple, the first two weeks we had to be online. So I kind of, I wouldn't say lazy, but I guess I did get pretty lazy in those two weeks and I have and go back to in-person classes it was definitely a bit of an adjustment for sure thankfully most of my classes at this point are all things i'm interested in i was telling fitzy the other night uh when we were hammering out some interviews but one class is interviewing so like everyone has to go around the room and like give their experience on interviewing and like i kind of just sat in the back quietly and like didn't didn't want to dunk on anybody on the first day and then uh, my other class is social media for communicators where we spent last class going over what should be in your Twitter bio. I'm pretty comfortable in those classes. That's for sure. Hey, at least you don't need to do a final project for those classes because you already have it dog with the hockey house. Yeah, exactly. I'll go to office hours and just show show the professor what, what I have in my portfolio at the moment. And I'm sure they'll be impressed with that. But getting into some of the news, I think the headline from this weekend, UNLV Liberty. And I think it, we pretty much expected this and then got more than, than we bargained for. Um, I guess we'll start with Friday night. I don't want to say I was spot on with my prediction, but I did kind of hint at the fact that I thought that the Rebels winning streak might come to an end on Friday night at La Haye. They dropped seven to four to Liberty. Liberty got the best of the Rebels on the first game, but then oh, before we go to the next game, uh, we did have a, a goal of the year candidate from Jason Foltz kind of in garbage time at the end, but still a fantastic move. He threw it between his legs and then a backhand shot from no angle, top corner to beat the UNLV goalie. But that clip quickly got outdone the following night when UNLV had a 3-1 lead late in the game. It was midnight mayhem. Liberty was wearing whiteout jerseys and uh, sparks were flying at the end. The Albers brothers from Liberty both squared off. The main fight was Max Johnson and Zach Albers squaring off. The comments were saying that Max Johnson, I think, was five inches shorter than Albers in the fight. I, I can't confirm that at the moment, but not only was one Albers brother getting after it, uh, the other one was in the corner. Nate Albers was going after Bradley Gallant of UNLV, but they were pretty quickly interrupted by the linesman and never really got to square off. Like I said, the main event was that Johnson and Albers fight. That video blew up. I mean, it got was getting, getting reposted everywhere. Barstool Jordy was writing a blog about it and, and club hockey and maybe should have done a, a little bit more fact-checking around the brand on that blog. We'll give him credit for for giving us a shout out and, and he wrote reposted the video from our account which was pretty cool but herm i know you stayed up to watch both of those games while i was fast asleep in my bed at, in the hotel room in philly uh what were your take on the games worth the bleary eyes they went at it good on unlv for coming back they did not let their win streak being snapped hinder them at all and made for a great game to watch i mean the espn plus presentation from Liberty does not look out of place from any other NCAA D1 broadcast that's on that streaming service. So it is some of the best quality you're watching of any ACHA D1 product, both on and off the ice. It was it was worth it. And I'm so glad I stayed up. We'll probably get just as good of a performance this weekend when Minot State comes to town at the La Haye. Um, another top five matchup. Speaking of viral clips, we had another one out of Bird Arena and, and not from their Division One team this weekend. 
this came out of their Division Two team. We had an ACHA proposal, and I'm sorry if I butcher his last name, but Jared Asloxon popped the question to longtime girlfriend Emily Goss, and what better place to do it than on the red carpet at Bird Arena? This was one where we saw it and made sure we had to post it, and then it was funny being on the bus. Like All the boys were like, oh my gosh, this is the most wild ACHA thing of all time. So good on him and good on him. And it, it seemed like they had been together for a long time. So it was probably no surprise to anyone. And I, like I said, what better place to pop the question? Another awesome clip from, from this week was we had Vinny Conti tucking home the game winner in overtime to lead Missouri State's D3 team over Arkansas. So far this year, the Ice Bears have been the only team in Division Three to beat Arkansas. Not only that, but to see Vinny Conti score the game winning goal in overtime just a couple days after the passing of his Nana. Uh, it was really awesome to see, you know, he tucked home the game winner and then pointed to the sky and was mobbed by his teammates. Awesome stuff to watch. And even better to do it, Missouri State was wearing a clean set of throwback jerseys for that game. And then Herm, I'm not sure if you caught it, but they won in overtime and then everybody went back to the benches and then they played a shootout because I, I can't remember the trophy off the top of my head, but they were playing for some sort of season long trophy. Yeah, the Battle of the Ozarks trophy. Basically, in one of the interviews that we did this week, we talked to uh, the Liberty D2 goalie, Dakota. Same thing happened the other day when they played NC State for the wagon wheel. They lost to NC State, but then won the shootout. And so it's kind of awkward because both teams kind of go off the ice celebrating a little bit Um, because one team gets the win and one team gets the trophy. But we'll we'll have more on that when, when that interview drops in the near future. One of the more notable sweeps of the weekend came out of Michigan. We had Concordia and Arbor sweep number 17, Michigan Dearborn. Concordia was listed at number 48 in the rankings going into the game. And they are able to get the sweep against one of their rivals, Dearborn. Huge win for the boys. They're fired up after the first win and even more so when they pulled together the sweep after game two. Um, Another team that was celebrating this weekend was University of Arizona. They clinched the Cactus Cup with a 3-2 victory over in-state rival Arizona State on Saturday afternoon. The boys on Jamestown's D2 team with a nice upset on the road at Botano, another tilt. We had Alverna University and Penn State. They played to a 7-7 tie after overtime and just an absolute barn burner of a game. Speaking of high-scoring games, we had Adrian beat Oakland 11-1 and 14-1 this weekend, and they dropped two spots in the rankings. They were at six heading into the weekend, and they dropped down to eight. And uh, the poor Bulldogs won't even be playing this weekend because their games against Jamestown got canceled due to the inclement weather. We also saw from that weekend in Adrian the photo of the scoreboard where I believe it showed on the scoreboard as three to six in terms of shots. But that was because the scoreboard doesn't account for triple digits. Which, I mean, yeah, that doesn't usually happen in a hockey game. Just crazy to see how much they popped off. Because it it was a relatively close game going through like a period and a half too. And then it all went Adrian. Yeah, Adrian's got like a, a hat trick graphic template that's been getting a lot of use as of lately. So... Um, like I said, the Bulldogs are going to have to sit this weekend out. Their games against the Jimmies got postponed. But another team with a sweep was Marquette. They swept Division Two Concordia to seal a spot in the playoffs. Huge shout out to Carlo Pacchetti with another gorgeous video. Um, he's just been dropping hype video after hype video on these reels and Instagram, and they've been awesome. One of them being Hockey House All-Star Patrick Sweeney, who is showing off his gross set of hands and uh, just another prime example of why you should invest in, in good content creators because they can do wonders for your program. And 
Uh, it's actually something we'll get into a little bit later in this episode with our interview here with Joe Nutting. He talks a lot about the content creators at, at Keen and gave those boys a shout out. So stay tuned for that. University of Wisconsin Lacrosse held their own. Uh, their D2 women's program. They played against D1 Minnesota. Uh, they lost two nothing, but they were outshot 48 to 11. They were missing four players. They didn't have water bottles and were only able to practice twice that week. They are number seven in Division Two West. So shout out to the ladies from Lacrosse for putting up a good fight against a, a tough Division One opponent in Minnesota. Sounds like the ladies are really enjoying the season so far and wanted to make sure they got a shout out on the pod. Lastly, a shout out to Kenny Waitman for becoming the all-time leading goal score in University of Southern Florida program history the other night, tallying his 70th career goal as a bull. So shout out to Kenny for that one. We want to give a shout out to our listeners this week. You guys all know we've been longtime partners with Selly Hockey Co. And now we're really excited for opportunity with OptumX. But Selly Hockey Co. wanted to give back to our listeners this week for their dedication with a nice little deal. Be sure to use promo code HockeyHouse20 to get 20% off your order at Selly Hockey Co dot com this week so once again promo code hockey house 20 to get 20 percent off your order at sellyhockeyco.com and speaking of Selly hockey co i know we've been a little bit radio silent we did that survey a while back and there is a 100 Selly hockey gift card that is going to be posted uh this week in addition to the results of that survey so stay tuned for that if I were listening to this and just heard that promo code come out, I'd be sure to you know go after some of that Ireland gear. They just dropped those hats that look really clean. And like I said, you want to order those now because they'll probably sell out. And then when you want one in time for St. Patrick's Day, it's not going to be there. So be sure to check it out on, on their website. And um, yeah, as, as we mentioned a couple of minutes ago, we got Hockey House All-Star Joe Nutting joining the show. Joe is a senior for Keene State who got a lot of attention early on in the season. They're currently number three in the ACHA Division II Northeast, kind of on the outside looking in for that Nationals bye. But we had an awesome conversation with Joe, and um, he has a wild path to the ACHA. For those that know Joe, they know that he was committed to play Division I NCAA lacrosse at UMass Lowell. That did not work out. He wasn't having fun, so he actually went back. He had one more el- year of eligibility for juniors. And uh, that's when he stumbled upon the ACHA. So we'll leave that to, to Joe for him to tell that story coming up next on the Hockey House Pod. We're pleased to be joined by New Hampshire native and Hockey House All-Star, Keene State 4, number 20, Joe Nutting. Joe, welcome to the Hockey House. Thank you for having me, fellas. It's a pleasure to be here. I love everything you guys are doing for the brand and uh, for club hockey as a whole. We're pumped to have you. When I was like creating the account and like going through, I was like, all right, I got to follow as many like ACHA guys as I can. And I was like, Joe Nutting. I was like, I'm pretty sure that kid's from New Hampshire. And then I followed and then saw the account. I was like, oh, like this guy's perfect. Like if we can get him spreading the word here, we're good to go. And so happy to have you on now. Yeah, honestly, when I saw the account, I thought it was like the epitome of me living the dream, playing hockey as long as I can. It was it's it's pretty cool to come full circle and join you guys here now. Yeah, and, and we're always trying to find like unique perspectives on how people end up in the ACHA. And I think you have probably one of the crazier paths to the ACHA. Yeah, that's probably an understanding statement i guess going back even to high school i uh play hockey and lacrosse and i had to make the decision fairly early which one i wanted to pursue more aggressively lacrosse just gave me that option sooner i had a couple of division one offers like going into my junior year of high school so it's kind of like all right i gotta focus on lacrosse and that's gonna be my path played a year of division one lacrosse at umass lowell and hated that oh my god it was awful throughout like my upperclassmen years in high school i played like lower level juniors just because my high school team really it wasn't what i wanted my last years of hockey to be i wanted it to be competitive 
competitive and just continue to get better and grow and play with older kids. So I, I sort of had a perspective of what junior hockey was, but I wasn't really enthralled with it yet. Or I wasn't like, I don't know, wasn't locked into the junior hockey lifestyle. But once I went to Lowell and realized that that really wasn't my calling and I didn't really have a backup plan. I only applied to one college out of high school. I knew where I was going and just hit the fan. Decided to take a year after Lowell, use my age out year. So did my freshman year of college and then I'm a 97 birth year. So that was the age out year. Went back to the Monarchs. It was their first year in the USPHL. And I had a handful of like D2 and D3 offers. Realistically, having been to Lowell, I knew what I wanted in a college and what I hated at college and what my, my mindset was in terms of how committed I was to playing sports and how I wanted to have a life outside of sports. That year playing juniors, I was looking at trying to find a place where I could play hockey and lacrosse and still have some sort of a fun social life. And Keene State really just fell in my lap. I had a couple of good high school connections. One of my high school lacrosse coaches coached at Keene as well. So he always kind of like nudged me to go there in the first place. Just some of the visits I took to like smaller D3 colleges just for hockey, I was like, I could never see myself here. I can't. One example I have is Castleton. I went up there on a Saturday night for an overnight visit. I had already had they already offered me a spot, but they were like, oh, I'll come meet the guys and uh, catch a game. And the whole atmosphere was unbelievable. The barn was packed. It was loud. It was, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And they, I think they tied the game two to two. And I stayed with some kids off campus and they were like, yeah, there's not really much to do around here. We'll probably just drink some beers and hang out. And it was me and like the three kids I stayed with sat on their couch all night long. I was like, this is not what I want out of college. I mean, if you take a big L or whatever, like that's, that's one thing, but uh, I knew I wanted, I'm not like a party animal or anything, but I wanted a little something, you know, something to celebrate. A, a tie is not a loss and it's Saturday night. I thought we'd have a little more fun. Kind of came to the end of my junior career without any great schools or options that I could really see myself at. And uh, I honestly didn't commit to going to Keene State or submit my, um, like my housing deposit or whatever until the day before classes started. So it was a very last minute decision, but it, uh, it certainly worked out for the best for me. Um, this is my fourth year here, my fifth year in college and uh, I can't get enough. I, I love it here. When we started this, it's all about like letting guys know that like the ACHA is legit. You want to have fun in college. A lot of these times you get to go to a better school than if you had played D3. Like, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it, it's unfortunate because I feel like so many guys play the age out of juniors just to go to an Anna Maria or a Worcester state or something along those lines. And then they get there and they're on the sixth D pair and it's the middle of winter, college just stinks, and they don't even realize it. You were doing that at the Division One level, playing a sport, and, and you still, you know, wanted to go back and play hockey. Was that like a thing that you talked about when you went back and played junior for the Monarchs? Were you like kind of telling these guys about college and that like kind of providing some wisdom for those guys? I definitely was. I remember um, during like training camp or whatever, we uh, we all had to like introduce ourselves and say where we played last year. And uh, I remember Ryan Frew, Monarchs legend, rest in peace. He uh, passed away recently, but when it was my turn to go up, uh, he said to the team, like, wait till you hear this kid's fucking story. So I had to like go up there and tell them I played a division one sport last year and I haven't skated in a year and I got to get my legs back under me. So that was kind of a funny thing. But um, a lot of the younger guys were much more intrigued by it than the other age outs. I think the other age outs were kind of like, oh, fuck this kid. Like he's taking someone's spot. He should just be going to play lacrosse. He's going to take my ice time, all that shit. So obviously we became closer over the year and I loved all those guys. They're still some of my best friends, but it was definitely kind of kind of weird having already been to college i guess i told plenty of stories and told kids what they wanted to hear but you don't know until you go right? well, once you experience college then i think kids probably related a little better but telling some 17 year old kid from canada like telling him not to go to castleton he tells you to kick rocks he's like fuck that i want to go play hockey another kind of funny aspect was that that's what he got chirped 
looked for the most. Like you'd be on the ice and some kid would be like, oh, go and play lax. I'd be like, oh, okay, like, what kind of chirp is that? Like I got a free year of college. Like, what are you going to do? That was kind of a funny thing. I, that was definitely the biggest chirp I received is go play lacrosse or stick to lacrosse, shit like that. We talk about it all the time on the show too. It's really funny when kids chirp you and you have like no idea who those kids are. It's like, dude, you know more about me than I know about you. Like, exactly. Take a look in the mirror. I, I've got the Hey Barber chirp a couple of times. Like, kids will be like, oh yeah, like sick angle on Hey Barber. Like, be like, well, thanks, man. Like, so you and 400,000 people saw it. Like, why is that a chirp? So I'm like, I'll do it again. Like, what if, so it's very, it's very strange in the, in the moment, but it is funny, I guess. I, don't, I wouldn't say I have like a following or anything, but I think when I first got here, I was the kid that played Division One lacrosse, and now I'm sort of the kid that was on Hey Barber twice. So it's kind of people, more people know me than I know other people, especially at this age. I mean, I aged out of juniors and I'm a fifth year, so I don't know any kids I'm playing against, but they seem to know who I am to a certain extent. Back to what you, what you said about, you know, pulling the trigger on Keene State one day before classes started. Like, what does that process look like? <laughs> um. That was a crazy process. I don't know, man. I, I still just really didn't know what I wanted to do. The offers I got to play D3 hockey, I weighed them all summer long. And I, I just, I really wanted to give hockey a fair shot. I kind of thought that I'd already given lacrosse a, a fair shot. I did a full year of Division One athletics and I kind of wanted to jump into hockey. So it wasn't really my goal to play both, I guess. But if the option was there, it, it would have I would have taken it. And Keen was just the best of both worlds. Um, the lacrosse coach is awesome here. He gives me unbelievable leeway. I skip practices when we have club hockey games, and he doesn't give a shit. He's really a player's coach. Honestly, the hockey here is more serious than the lacrosse is. Look, the hockey coach gets real upset if I miss something for lacrosse. He doesn't love that too much. Just in the original decision process, I'd only been to Keene once in my life before deciding to come to college here, and it was not for like a tour or a visit or anything. I was like visiting one of my high school buddies when I was at Lowell. They knew that I was unhappy there. They wanted me to transfer straight to Keene the year after without playing juniors but i only been here once and i blacked out like three hours after i got here so i really didn't know what i was getting myself into i don't know where if if you played there growing up because i'm assuming did you play junior mars all through youth hockey <laughs> have you ever heard of pro ambitions yes i played pro ambitions squirts through u18s didn't play a single other place ever for a year that year that i left high school hockey the monarchs had a team that was in the met I don't even know what it stands for. The Metropolitan something hockey league. I don't even think it's the Met was right below the, the AJ, right? Yes. The Met was a fucking gong show, but at the time I knew nothing about junior hockey and the kids were bigger, faster and older. So it was a step up for me looking back on it. Like I probably could have got killed in that league as a 17 year old or whatever I was, but I played all my junior hockey at the Monarchs and everything before that was with uh, pro ambitions. Okay. So growing up, I'm guessing, did you ever play at the Cheshire fairgrounds? I actually never played there. I've heard all the horror stories. Okay. Though. Yeah. So I, I played there. And growing up Fitz, just so you know, it was a like a, a horse stable at the fairgrounds that they would flood with an ice sheet in the wintertime. And it was like by far the worst rink in the state of New Hampshire, like wooden <laughs> boards, tiny locker rooms, terrible. And th that was Keene's rink. And then they built the Keene Ice Arena. And it's yep. like probably one of the nicest rinks now. And Keene State Hockey is like fully i'd say it is jacked up keen state hockey because you guys play at one of the nicest rinks i mean we'll go back to the rink talk and, and the crowds that you guys get but what was your welcome to the acha moment when you got to keen trying to think obviously it was a long time ago now for me welcome to the acha moment is when i saw the practice schedule that was the first thing that kind of was like whoa this isn't we're not getting priority here we practice twice a week at six in the morning and then thursday night at 10 40 so i was like this kind of blows so like the high school teams get the better ice and all that i don't know but sort of 
relating to the rink talk, our like conference just up in the Northeast is so hit or miss because our rink is definitely the nicest rink we play at that does not have a division one team, but we play UNH, UVM, BU, Northeastern, BC on their D1 ranks. It's quite the, I don't know, both ends of the spectrum. And then you get like UConn, if they can't get on their D1 rank, you play at like some barn rink with like sand you gotta walk through sand to get onto the ice i mean it's you see all sorts of different rinks you get the d1 rinks and then you get the complete polar opposite end of the spectrum but our rink is perfect for what it is i mean it it doesn't fit that many people so if you get a a steady crowd it feels full we got a nice locker room and our coach is the rink manager he gets the ice perfect and primed before our games and he has volunteers out there like the freshmen are wiping the glass down so the camera guys can get good pics and videos and so he takes care of us. We're definitely very fortunate with our locker room and our rank situation. Also, for people that aren't familiar, the rank is probably 300 yards from my off-campus house, and campus is probably 1,000 yards in the other direction. So it's not technically on campus, but it's a quarter of a mile. It feels like you're right on campus. Yeah, that was going to be my next question because I played against Monadnock in high school there, and we actually we played Keene one time in preseason. When you were saying that like the hockey's more serious than the lacrosse, like it is legit on campus for those wondering. But the other thing, like for our other athletic facilities, other than the basketball courts, like the lacrosse field is off campus in the other direction, but it's easier for fans to get to the rink than it is to get to like the lacrosse field, baseball field, field hockey, soccer. We don't have football, but like the real athletic facility is farther than the rink is from campus. So hockey is kind of a good attraction right now with the COVID, the school is not letting spectators at the basketball games. Our basketball team is real good this year. So if kids want to get drunk and rowdy and have something to do, the hockey team is allowing fans. I don't know how our coach got that loophole through, but there's nothing to do besides watch us. So it's kind of a kind of a cool time right now for us. Joe, you talk about how it's just like crazy practice schedule with hockey and ACHA. What's that like then balancing? You're playing both that, you're playing lacrosse, going to school. What's that whole process like for you? Going to Lowell helped with that immensely. When I was there, I had lacrosse commitments probably close to seven-ish hours a day, whether it's two hours of practice, two hours of film and a lift and study hall. I mean, I, I was used to the all-day grind. Hockey practice in the morning actually helps me. I wake up nice and early, get to the rinks, do my and then uh, go to class during the day. And then we have lacrosse practice from four to six at night. So it's a long day. This year, it's been a little more relaxed because I'm a fifth year. I'm only taking a couple classes. And right now I'm in two classes. They're both intro to music. I mean, I'm taking, it's a joke. You know, I'm, I'm just hanging, I'm here to play sports right now, which is, it's kind of cool. feels like a professional athlete type of thing. But uh, if you're committed and you can pick your spots on when to really get after it and get rowdy with the boys and uh, not be hung over all the time, it's, it's definitely doable. There's plenty of kids that I think tried it and couldn't couldn't get it done but if you have the work ethic and you really love both it's it's the perfect spot for it coaches are uh super cool with it and the schedules have miraculously worked out up until this point so if anybody uh really has the drive to play both and doesn't doesn't start hating one or the other then it's it's absolutely doable here which is a really cool really cool thing in your time at Keene, have you guys had the chance to travel outside of new england yeah so my first year we took a road trip we played Ryder, who i think is in new jersey maybe and then went to udell after that and played delaware that was a horrible trip went oh and two kids getting in trouble and hotel was a fiasco but uh, that's the kind of shit that brings you together i mean we uh it's a disaster we got back 
we didn't stay in the hotel after the Udell game. We just drove straight back. So we like pulled into kind of a funny story. We pulled into Keene at like three in the morning or something. And me and a buddy that lived in my dorm, we were walking up our stairs like, geez, that sucks. And we go into my room to like sit down and relax for a minute. Like, I'll drink a beer at four in the morning, whatever it is. And we can hear outside our window, some kid going nuts, screaming, I'm going to fucking kill this bitch. So me and him were instantly ripped the shades up. We're listening. And this kid's beating cars, smashing windshields and shit, like right outside in our parking lot. And we're the only two kids that are up. So we, we call the cops and get kid gets arrested and shit he wasn't allowed on campus he had a gun on him it was it was a whole fiasco but uh that was definitely a unique experience local hockey heroes yeah seriously somebody has to do it other than that that first year we went to dallas as well that was our uh we made it through the regional so we got to go to dallas for nationals um that was a pretty cool experience we got a win against northern arizona got our pushed in by lindenwood and then blew a three nothing lead to cincy so we definitely had a it was a good experience for us i think that that first year that we went to dallas we had zero seniors not one. So the next year we returned like 18 kids and then brought on like four more, maybe a couple kids quit or like dropped out or whatever, ineligible. But that second year is the year that COVID hit and canceled nationals that year. We were, we were a wagon. We were really good that year. I think we would have made a push at like a top four, maybe a national championship appearance. So once COVID ruined that, it was uh, definitely a real kick in the dick following COVID those 18 whatever it was 16 seniors all graduated so we really started from the ground up last year so we, we got a whole new squad this year it's uh been an interesting journey kind of trying to find our identity right now it is what it is it's part of part of life i guess say so you guys got off to a pretty good start though this year right we were hot we're, I, I don't know in terms of wins and losses we're still pretty good right now umass is definitely like kind of a big dog in the northeast and in the first game, they took a 3-1 lead on us, and we tied it up in the third. We scored two goals quick to tie it, and they scored on like a muffin from the blue line to take the lead 5-4. They might have popped an empty netter, but it, it, we were right there. It was, a, it was a great game back and forth. And then they came to our barn a couple weeks ago and absolutely waxed us. It's like 14-1, to like ran us out of the building. It was it was pretty bad. It was kind of like, we got to figure this out. We started this year with UNH at home. That was a sick game. We won in overtime. The place was packed. We had some the kid to like films for our school, had some TikToks go sort of viral from that game. It was a really cool experience. And then we played UNH this past Saturday and they waxed us too. It was like seven to one. I guess our big thing right now is being consistent. Obviously, it's tough to beat the same team twice, but you shouldn't have a close game and then get beat like that. So we're kind of trying to figure it out right now. I've got it on my sheet here, so I'll bring it up now because you mentioned it. But uh, Rowan Hopkins and Riley Bergstrom, two guys that we have on our radar because yep. like you said, like, the opening weekend, they had the cameras ready to go. And it, it oh, yeah, it, down the road, I would assume it's going to pay off for you guys because now some kid is seeing a TikTok and it's like, oh, shoot, Keene State has hockey. Like, I'm going to go there. This place looks sick. I was hoping you guys would bring that up. If you, if you didn't, I was going to. They are so underappreciated for what they're doing for the college. I mean, just their exposure, like you said, to random kids that might not know that we have hockey or you read through the comments on any of the videos. All the comments are like the the sports atmosphere at this school seems awesome. Like, where is this place? They're doing really big things for the college. Not only the athletic like programs, but just the college in general. That that's a huge um, entity that is underappreciated for us. But they're the real MVPs, honestly. They they get people in the seats. They make the the hype videos, the highlight videos. They're um, they're key. And they fit in with the guys. I mean, they come out and drink with us too. They're not just like nerds behind the camera. You know, they're they're good dudes. Yeah, Keene State's got to throw the bag at them when they graduate and, and keep them on staff. Absolutely. One of those guys who I feel like he's gotten a lot of FaceTime in um, these videos is who's the guy rocking the two-piece cage bubble? Oh, buddy. His name is uh, Andrew Lusignan. We call him Frenchy. He's from he's a one Canadian kid on our team. Worst guy in the league, probably. Like he doesn't he doesn't even know. I, I don't even know how to describe his style as 
a hockey player, but you know, he's got the saggy droopy socks and his pants don't fit. They're too short. He's got the two piece. He's just a dust bucket, but he puts up unbelievable numbers. So he's probably a over a goal a game this year. I mean, he can shoot the shit out of the puck. He's in the gym, like a warrior doesn't drink that much. I mean, he's a, he's a freak of nature and he loves hockey. Just doesn't care how he looks out there, but he definitely gets some heat for that. That's for sure. <laughs> that's the best too that he's like putting up a goal game because like at the end of the day you can't even really chirp him. Exactly. I mean, kids try to, and he's not like witty enough with his English. English is a second language to like even say anything back. He just goes out there and shoots the puck a hundred miles an hour like through their goalie's head, and then skates by the bench and does it again. It's he's he's a freak of nature. He, you got to meet the kid to even understand what goes. Think you know what's going on through his head. He is just a workhorse. He's like a triple major as well i mean he's a freak on the ice and in the classroom just overall good dude one of our captains this year uh, coaches and the boys love him it sounds like my kind of guy murph <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're all you're all about the guys putting up numbers and not caring about style zero style just out there having <laughs> having a time my kind of yeah, guy that's, that's definitely that's right right up his alley you mentioned unh and umass are those the two big rivals for you guys in hockey for me and my experience here in the last four years, UMass more than UNH. My first year, I think UMass swept us 3-0. And the next year, they beat us at their place. We beat them in overtime at our place. And then we didn't see them in our like uh, our league tournament. They got beat. They got upset by BC or something. The year that we beat them in overtime, that was the first time we beat them in like four or five years. So that was like a huge win for our program. And it was our first win over like a number one ranked team in the Northeast. So that was uh, definitely a big stepping stone. I don't know if they feel the same way because they've been you know waxing us a little bit but that, those are the games that we definitely get a little extra extra pumped for on the subject like talking about rivals i think it's interesting because uh we always talk about when we bring guys on the show like oh like do you think your school will ever go division one and it's we're talking about big schools here we're talking like georgia auburn right yep it, the thing about Keene State is it's almost more realistic that you guys would someday go NCAA because, I mean, Plymouth State is right there. I'm sure you guys right. would play Salem State. Like, all those teams. D3 hockey is kind of a hotbed in New England, and I feel like you guys would fit in really well. Absolutely. So, it has been brought up. I think uh, Title IX is the big issue right now, that we would need a women's team as well. We do have a women's club team, but it's like a dad behind the bench and like one practice a week and the girls just show up when they feel like it which is good for them at least they're still skating like nothing against them but for the school to make any money off of it both teams would have to be semi-competitive and we would have to keep a competitive club team to keep some sort of like revenue coming in so it kind of just comes down to title nine and the money thing but it has been brought up i think us in plymouth like Keene state and plymouth is like the biggest rivalry whether it's basketball soccer any of the ncaa sports i think that'll be a really cool new hampshire d3 rivalry hopefully someday in the future it happens i'm sure it will as long as Keene, you know keeps their head above the water <laughs> not in the cards in my time here but i think i think it'll come someday but you're right that new england is a hotbed of d3 hockey and we have the rink and the facilities to support a division three program so hopefully that's on the uh, on the agenda you mentioned plymouth state as a rival at ncaa i know you guys play them in, in the little east conference you you got to win a title when you hopped on the lax team what was that like and was that kind of a, a more enjoyable lacrosse season for you than your time at UMass Lowell? Yeah, it's like night and day. I'll be honest, the, the Little East Conference is not very strong for lacrosse overall. Like nationally ranked, we're in definitely like the bottom tier of conferences. So like our kind of thing around here is like the big dogs in the Little East. I think last year we lost in the semifinals of the Little East. That was our first loss in conference in like 12 years or something crazy. Like we, we had won like 95 straight games in conference. It was some crazy stat. 
but just going back to that, it, that was a really cool experience. It was that year I got to go to Dallas. The lacrosse team goes to Florida on spring break. Um, so I got to do that with the team. We go down there and just hang out and play a few games in Florida and practice in the sun. Got to come back and win a championship. So that really, that was like my, my first year back in school. So my family was super stoked that I had a much more enjoyable experience than uh, sitting on the bench at Lowell to win three games in the brick cold. Not, not very much fun there. I, I was scrolling through uh, your Instagram earlier today, and I actually got a kick out of it because you announced that you're making your return to juniors and you put <laughs> yeah. trust the process. Oh, and yeah. then later on, you see the caption. It's like process trusted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it worked out for me. I guess at that time, I was probably still close with a lot more kids from my high school than I guess I am now. So a lot of kids are kind of like, what the hell are you doing, dude? You're going to school for free. Like, what, what's wrong with you, all this? But I just, I don't know. I wasn't happy there. And I, I missed hockey. That was the real big thing. Even if the lacrosse was awesome at Lowell and I played and I started and it was everything I hoped it would be, I think I still would have missed hockey. My last hockey game, I left my gear on for, you know, three hours in the locker room just sitting there. I wasn't ready to hang them up. I really wasn't. Even when I was committed to Lowell, I was playing in all those like summer hockey showcases, like the pre-draft and the Hub Cup and like whatever all that was. And coaches were talking to me, like NAL coaches and BC coaches up in Canada and, and the coach of my team was like the head scout for Cowichan in the BCHL. And he told me, he was like, you're too good to hang him up. He was like, if you wanted to play hockey, you could play somewhere. And that was just always in the back of my mind. So I knew I had to come back to hockey at some point. I'm glad I did. And I, I certainly did trust the process. It was not, it's not an easy road. That's for sure. I uh, had my trials and tribulations and juniors and I didn't think it was going to work out, but um, it really did. I couldn't have asked for a better experience here at Keene. Well, we're glad you came back, play some Acha. Did you know that you're closing in on a hundred points? But yeah, I've sort of had it in the back of my mind. I hope I can get there. I've been playing a little D as of recently because I've had some injuries and some COVID issues, so I don't know if we'll get there. The big goal for me is uh, we want to make a national tournament. Obviously, personal goals, I'd love to hit 100 points. That'd be sick. But I think I'm pretty close to over if I haven't already hit 100 in lacrosse. So that'd be, I think I'd be the first guy to ever do that, probably. <laughs> so that'd be that'd be a pretty cool thing. But um, Not a big deal. Not a big deal. But uh, no, yeah, it's... I'm a captain of the hockey team this year, so it's I've bought in. I'm an older guy, you know. I'm a, I aged out and I'm a fifth year, so I'm, I'm like the oldest guy on campus. It feels like, even though I'm probably not, but bought into the team first thing. When I first got here, obviously you want the glory, you want to score the sick goals and be in the TikToks. And but at the end of the day, I think it'll be more memorable for me if we make a national tournament run. It's kind of where I'm at now, so um, we're definitely looking forward to pushing through. Yeah, looking at it, it appears though like if you guys were to make a run, you're, you're easily hitting it. So wishing you the best of luck in that because like you're an important part of that team. So I'm sure if you guys go make a deep run, that that'll come eventually. You mentioned uh, buddies from friends from New Hampshire. Let's bring up uh, your roommate Cal Luce, oh, yeah. New Hampshire high school hockey legend. What's it been like rooming with him and and kind of playing at Keene State with him. The term our, our hockey coach uses for how we get guys on a team is that we're all bruised apples. If one thing went differently for all you guys, you wouldn't be playing here, which is the case. You know, if I never went to Lowell, I'd probably be playing D3 somewhere. We had a goalie the last couple of years. He graduated last year. That was an absolute stud. Carlin Testa, beast. Best goalie I saw in the, in the Acha in my four years by far. He was just a short guy. If he was a little bit taller, I think he would have got a lot of, you know, maybe even low D1 looks. He was, a, he was a real stud. So Cal's bruised apple stories. He came here to play baseball, actually. Played baseball for a couple of years. Baseball team here is dog water. They are so bad. They win like three games out of 38 a year. And he's a pitcher, relief pitcher. He goes in, gets shelled, doesn't get to hit. Just not a great experience. And so I befriended him because I had a job up here in the summer and so did he. Keem kind of clears out in the summer. Not, not a whole lot of college kids like not even half, probably like a third of the kids stick around. So me and him sort of reconnected. I, I knew him 
through high school hockey, but not like personally. And I just sort of started to convince him. I was like, dude, if you hate baseball so much, just play hockey. Like if you still got it, like he played 18s at a pretty high level. Like I knew he could skate and play. And last year I think was good for like his development or getting back on the ice. We didn't play any games last year. So he got like a full year of practice under his belt to get his feet back under him. But uh, he's been a stud for us. He uh, had an injury at the end of the first semester, but he's probably up over a point a game right now. I don't know. He hasn't, he's probably played 13, 14 out of our, whatever it is, 20-ish. He's been huge. He's kind of like a... Nobody knew who he was or where he came from, but he, he stepped right in and has made an impact. So we're definitely definitely glad to have him. I knew who he was. I was chasing him around the ice as a little freshman, and he was playing for John Stark. It was my job. He was like the only guy who could grow a mustache in, in high school hockey oh, yeah. at the time that I was playing against. And it was, everyone just knew that John Stark had the kid with the bubble and the mustache. Kind of another funny story. The year we talked about it earlier, I bet I won the state championship my sophomore year. Calouse was also a sophomore. I played him in the state championship. I scored with like six minutes left to take the lead. We were up four to three or three to two or something. And as it came down to the wire, they had some kid like step over the blue line. I think there was less than two minutes left and just took an absolute bomb bar down on our goalie to tie the game late in the third. And the place is going nuts. And then we see the ref calling it off. No goal, no goal. And Calouse had slashed some kid behind the play. Delayed penalty. They called it off. Lost the team. Lost his team. The, uh, chance at overtime the state championship so i bring that up at least like once a week just you know give them some you have to that's some good bickering that we uh we got going back and forth that's brutal yeah i had reconnected him with with him this past summer we played a men's league tournament together with a bunch of guys from berlin it was like a d3 all-star team just ripping up men's league tournaments in exeter so it it was good to see him and and he was decked out in his keen state stuff yeah, call me up for that next one. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, we got to we got to get more D three guys on the team, and and we could maybe we take the the show on the road. <laughs> I'm good with that. Anything we haven't hit in in your time at Keene State? Any any broken down buses? I mean, it sounds like you guys trashed a hotel in Delaware, so maybe you guys aren't staying in hotels too often. Yeah, not too often. I just want to say, just overall, not trying to you know promote Keene State or anything here. Obviously, I am, but it, it's not the purpose of me doing this interview. But Keene really is a really special place for anyone out there that wants to play Acha hockey or is thinking about Keene. It's like you drive through the woods for like an hour and a half and just pop out in this little city, and it's a it's a really cool spot. We have like six bars within walking distance. We have two casinos within walking distance. We got the rink right there. We have great athletic facilities. The only thing we're missing is a strip club, but that's coming. So we've been told. But uh, honestly, Keene's just a really cool spot to go to college and to play hockey. We have a, a great outdoor rink like a mile from here. The uh, town takes care of it. They got the boards up. It's like street hockey in the summer. And then they flood it in the winter. So they got like boards and nets out there. And they keep the lights on until 1130. So just overall, Keene's a really cool place to be. Other than that, should I have not covered? I don't know, man. Uh, we I'll tell the story. I don't, I don't think our coach will mind. But we had... Uh, Two kids that are no longer on the team, so I feel comfortable telling the story. But on the flight back from Dallas, I wasn't actually on the plane. I flew back once we got eliminated to make a lacrosse game. But apparently there was uh, quite the fiasco in the back of the bus. We had two kids like trying to break into the like, liquor cart thing on the, in the back of the plane, I mean. And they got caught by like a flight attendant. And uh, our coach tells a story. It was the closest I've ever been to punching players in the face. It was like, like grabbing by the scruff of the neck as they were like, trying to rip nips out of the liquor cabinet and shit. They were all sauced up, but... Uh, that's definitely a fond memory. It's not even a memory, more of a story I've been, been told. But um, That's up there with the uh, the Russian World Junior team. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Smoking darts in the back of the plane after they got eliminated, or not eliminated, yep. but the tournament got canceled. 
yeah, no, it's uh, our coach Bobby is he's an awesome guy. He does a, a bunch with uh, USA Hockey, like the youth programs, like uh, like the Northeast camps are usually held in Keene, and he handles all of the off ice. He's big up in USA Hockey. He's great with kids. We help with like the learn to play development programs in the in the area. He's a really good guy, but he's he's a coach. You know, he he doesn't put up with a whole lot of shit. so if if he sees some red flags he doesn't love that too much he, he keeps us in check but at the same time he knows we're in college and he knows we like to have fun and he knows that we're not like the big on campus but right now we kind of are and he kind of lets us run with that it's been really cool we, we all have a great relationship with him he's definitely a, a player's coach but he keeps us in check you know he, we have 48 hour rule and, shit and everyone abides by that but he lets us have fun when when fun is earned well joe once again thanks for coming on joining the show and like I said, you probably have one of the, the craziest ACHA stories. It's funny that you mentioned the bruised apples because we were joking about that on the bus ride home the other day. Like there is a reason that we're all in the ACHA. Like there is something, right. whether it's you were you were too small or you didn't want to play juniors or yep. it's like it's kind of like an island of misfit toys. Like there's always one thing that you were, you know, one step away from this and everyone of course there's the classic guys at the bar saying like oh if i didn't tear my knee i'd be i'd be on scholarship right now but i think it's the perfect analogy for for the acha just a bunch of bruised apples and it's the best league in the world i wouldn't change anything honestly even if you brought it up earlier but like the lower end d3 schools they don't have fun they get drug tested they have all sorts of commitments that just don't seem worth it to me playing hockey at anna maria has got to be significantly less fun than playing almost anywhere in the and i wholeheartedly believe that i think the is a, a great league what they've done with it i think you guys have done a spectacular job putting it on the map i, I checked your account say you guys are up over ten thousand followers that's pretty crazy the is headed in the right direction i think it's it's getting some uh getting some run well once again joe thanks for coming on and we wish you the best of luck the rest of the season i appreciate it fellas you too thank you very much for having me Once again, thank you to Joe Nutting for joining us this week. That interview was brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part, your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral code at OptimexSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. I think St. Norbert College was the latest team to hop on the Optimex bandwagon. Their website looks really good. Like I said, I keep mentioning it, but now is the time of year to do that, especially if you're a club team on the rise and you have you know guys graduating who used to run the website and you're looking for something new, something easy, and something affordable. Optimex is going to be your place to go. So be sure to check them out at OptimexSports.com. Game of the week takes us to Springfield, Missouri. The number eight Missouri State Bears are going to host the number 11 Maryville Saints, an in-state rivalry against two highly ranked teams. This is going to be a good one. Both of these teams probably going to be at nationals. So, you know, it'll be one to watch and it'll be an exciting one for sure. That barn in Springfield gets rowdy, uh, especially for matchups like this. So that'll be a fun one and pretty easy pick for the game of the week. Moving on from some games to watch, of course, Liberty is hosting Minot State. They're going to be doing their annual Star Wars night, and I know, Herm, you're you're blown away by the quality of production that they've put into their Star Wars night hype video once again. It legitimately looks better than the movie quality Star Wars stuff. Like, it is up there in terms of, like, I, I don't even want to know what the production cost is. They have too much money. It's not fair to the rest of the league. This was not an NCAA D1 production. This was an NHL level production. And 
I don't know. Like their in-house content team is superb. I would even go as far as to say like not even NHL, but like something you'd expect to see out of like a top five college football program. Like that's how that's how quality it is. And about as quality as the matchup that we're going to get with Minot State and the Liberty facing off. Uh, number two versus number three, tough for Liberty. They scratched and crawled their way through the weekend against UNLV, and not to say that the Flames were outplayed, but obviously had their hands full with the Rebels, and now they got to turn around and, and welcome in Minot State. So I'm, I'm sure the LaHaye will be buzzing once again this weekend. We'll go down a little more south. South Carolina is going to host Georgia and some CHF action 7 p.m. on Friday night at the Plex. They're going to do teddy bear toss to benefit the USC Relay for Life organization. I know they do the Relay for Life game once a year, and it cool that they're doing it with their teddy bear toss so the plex will be rocking and i'm interested to see how fast they sell out tickets for this weekend's game brawl of the wild is this weekend in acha division two action the university of montana taking on montana state nice little interstate rivalry there they call that one the brawl of the wild another in-state matchup Embry riddle is taking on florida state in some chf action and erau is wearing some blackout first responders jerseys back to ACHA division two with another game. You're going to want to watch Cincinnati and Lindenwood are taking each other on Sunday afternoon at 1230 at on the outdoor rink at 17. It's part of the jog showcase in St. Louis. That'll be an exciting game. I, I, the guys always get pumped up when they get to use the outdoor rink at 17. Um, that'll be a good one. It's, it's, it's pretty similar to the Buffalo meltdown uh, setup they have in Buffalo at the Riverworks, where it's got the roof over it, but no walls. So that'll be a good one. And then a game with a lot on the line. Liberty heads down to Florida Gulf Coast in Division Two ACHA action. They play Friday and Saturday. Saturday. Either team can get a sweep. They basically clinch a spot in nationals. As it stands right now, Liberty is number two in the Southeast, a 24 and oh, how do I say, how do I say that without sounding like they're 24 and 0? They have 20 wins, four losses, no ties, and they'll be taking on number three, Florida Gulf Coast, who's got 22 wins and four losses. So pretty even records here, and, and they're going to take each other on. NC State holds that number one seed. And they've pretty much got that one in the bag at this point. Whoever wins this weekend will get some extra time off heading into nationals. And then whoever loses is going to have to run their way through the regional tournament. So that'll be a a game to watch. And another game you're going to want to check out Concordia coming off their sweep versus Dearborn. They're going to take on Lawrence Tech this weekend. And then another ACHA Division One matchup. We have Pitt taking on IUP. Plenty of action this time of year. Like I said, some senior nights as teams start to wrap up their seasons. I know one team that wrapped up their season the other day was Baylor. Wanted to give those boys a shout out. I mean, how far that program has come in the last year is astonishing. So hats off to all the boys who made that season possible and uh, wishing them the best of luck in the offseason here like i said some senior nights happening we got the super bowl coming up and boys don't forget we got valentine's day coming up roses are red violets are blue don't let wild hairs wreck you valentine's day is just around the corner and our sponsors at manscaped are here with the best tools to get you ready for the special occasion this v-day it's time to join the four million men worldwide who trust manscaped the leaders in below the waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code hockey house for 20% off plus free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code hockey house. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with manscaped this Valentine's day. Those are great. Whoever writes those for manscaped, they are doing a heck of a job and they are killing it this time of year. So be sure you're using our promo code here and um, did a little work this week with Joe Caprio. Uh, 
made them a nice little fresh logo for the Jog Prospects Showcase that they're going to do. They've been doing this for a couple of years now. Last year, they had a hockey house team in it, so they're going to do that again this year. Um, so we've been back and forth with Joe on that one, but gave the logo a fresh look, kind of gave it the same feel as the Chicago Classic logo. You know, those tournaments are pretty much affiliated with each other. But if you're interested in playing the ACHA and you're listening to this, be sure to check out the Jog Athletics College Prospects Showcase. It's in Chicago at Fifth Third Arena. Registration will begin next week, and the showcase is April 29th to May 1st. Herm, what do you have for us for the blowout of the week? We got a tough one in the CHF. Remapo laid the hurt on a winless Stony Brook team. 20 to nothing. Yikes, that's a tough one. I, I, I don't understand how some of these games get more than more than 15. You know, like at, at what point or what are we doing after that? I, I don't know. Because of National Girls and Women's in Sports Day, we want to make sure to give a shout out to all the women in the ACHA. Not only the players that the players in the ACHA, but a lot of the women behind the scenes who are making some of these social media accounts happen. And so, Herm, I'll let you take it away. We, You uh, kind of went and culminated a list of some people that were suggested from around the league, and we want to make sure we gave them a shout-out this week. Yeah, first up on the list is Sophia Andrews, uh, social media savant for Illinois State's Division One, Two, and Three teams. And she's our new hockey house intern. Before you go on, I want to chime in about Sophia too. Sophia is a, is a workhorse. She definitely has her hands full with Illinois State, and uh, she has showed no sign of slowing down this season. So we're happy to have her as a part of the team now. Always letting my Ohio bias shine through with Jessica Butterly, Morgan Smonsky, and Lizzie Blunk. Jessica doing the social media work, Morgan and Lizzie doing photography work. Carly Costello, who also runs For the Love of the Game, who covers all three levels of Adrian's ACHA teams. You got Sarah Kelly and Alyssa Leonard uh, doing social media and photography, respectively, for IUP. Gavin Cummings has had nothing but wonderful things to say about the two of them. From our buddy Zach Selwye, it's Grayson Shadrick, who is the social media coordinator for NC State. Elma Muheljik, who we gave a shout out to earlier in the season, who is the D2 Maryville social media manager. Victorious Savage, who is the ETBU creative director and in-game social media manager. And then Murph, I'll let you take away with the last one. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to our head of game day operations here in Syracuse. That's Juliana DiCenzo. She was kind of thrown the responsibilities of this, I want to say a month before the season started, and she's done awesome with the role during game day. She's kind of in charge of all of our operations staff and making sure everything is uh, running smoothly. So I wanted to give her a huge shout out. I guess that, that, that wraps it up for this week. But like I said, we're really looking forward to the, the hockey picking up here as we're getting ready for regional tournaments. We're getting ready for conference tournaments. Games are coming down to the wire. Seems like every weekend there's more and more content for us to share. So we love that here. And um, yeah, that's all I got. Anybody else? Thanks for 10K on Instagram, boys. We haven't gotten the chance to to shout that out, and we've got even more momentum. We're at 10 and a half right now. Crazy milestone for us. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I I don't really know where I thought this would go when we started it, but I I don't know if I thought we'd get to 10K this quickly. I can I can tell you that for sure. So thank you to to everyone who's been along for the journey, and and we love what we're doing here and. Um, hoping we get to connect with more and more of you as, as we keep doing this.